The Youthscape Podcast. Well, hi everybody, and welcome to the Youthscape Podcast. And we talk about all kinds of things that we hope are relevant in your ministry with young people, whether you work in church-based youth ministry or you work in schools or detached, whether you're a volunteer or full-time. And today, I feel that as well as music, we're now going to be talking about a topic that actually I know is important, but I can't say wholeheartedly, Martin, that I actively engage in this kind of youth ministry. So I'm I'm struggling a bit to kind of know how much to bring because I have no stories. I don't do anything of this kind of youth ministry. We're talking about sport. We are talking about sport. <laughs> do, you, do you not have any... Uh, I'm Martin Saunders. That's Rachel Gardner, yes, by the way. Hello, hello, hello. Um, do, uh, do, do you have any sort of sporting history? Like when you were in school, do, you were in the netball yeah, team? No, I played lacrosse. And did I, you? And I, yeah, yeah. And actually, I was quite good. I was fast. Um, and I quite love it. But I have to say that I'm... I've in the sort of fifteen years of doing youth ministry, I have never started a dance group. I mean, my team have people I work with. I've never started a sports ministry, and I just I I'm really passionate about it. But I just know that I I never go there in my mind. I never think, oh, what this group needs is. I don't know why. I don't know if I've told the story before. This is the problem of having done like fifty-five of these or something. Now. Yeah. Um, but the first ever youth ministry initiative I was ever involved in launching was yeah. a three-a-side football night. So we had quite a tiny church hall in the Baptist church that I came to faith in. And, uh, and my friends at school and I didn't get to play football because we went to what they call a rugby school. Uh, which is a different sport. Is it? Different okay, shape ball. Different shape ball, I know that. Um, and social class. And basically, um, uh, we didn't get to play um, football. So I found a way of mm. getting them into the church building, which was to run a three-a-side football mm. uh, thing. And it was pretty heavy-handed, because in order to do that, they also had to like have a meal afterwards and sit through a gospel presentation like every week. Goodness. I'm not sure That's I'd really like thought it conditional through. Conditional youth work, although, <laughs> although quite a lot of those guys are now Christians. Oh, so I, you know, maybe we do need more heavy-handed mm. youth ministry. <laughs> Soundbite. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so we did that, and do you know what? It was it is a really good way in as a principle to start with what young people actually would love to be doing, and no one's providing for them. Mm. It's a that's a good principle for youth ministry. Yeah, um, and and it did it really worked. Like we we ran it for a couple of years. We launched a whole football team out of it that's still going. Um, and um, yeah, I, th- I think as much as you may feel a, an instant repulsion to the idea of talking no, about football no not at all no I don't feel a repulsion I'm just I'm sorry I'm being a bit like kind of vulnerable and sort of saying there's a blind spot in me and it's that because I actually I love like crazy games I'll be running board game nights you know mm. wide game events love all that kind of stuff but I think probably in me I just remember when I was a kid at school I loved lacrosse because there are very few rules and there were no boundaries I used to hate netball because the whole like catch the ball one two steps can't move I'd be like I want to move so I think partly is that I'm A not particularly very organised B I don't play by the rules very well but also I think it's important that we talk about the stuff that we as youth workers don't naturally lean towards. So I think I'm going to learn loads today. Well, I, I, I'm intrigued by the picture of Rachel Gardner, the lacrosse player. I love lacrosse. I don't think we've talked enough about no. your time at Mallory Towers. It, and it, can I just say, it absolutely was Mallory Towers. It was. It doesn't exist anymore, this school. Really? It might actually never have existed. It might just be a, a figment of my imagination. But we were, we, we'd have like these lacrosse sticks, these wooden lacrosse sticks. And at the beginning of the winter season, we would be given like boxes of wax, like little tins of wax, oh, and yeah. we would have to wax our own lacrosse sticks. Nice. 
and so this that smell is like really kind of evocative of me of to me of being up on the lacrosse pitch which was the highest part of the school mm. on the side of a hill it was freezing cold and we weren't allowed to wear tracksuits. We had to wear like the shorts and t-shirts. I mean, it was vicious, but we we were let loose on other girls' schools. It was wow. vicious. It is, it's a brutal game. It's a brutal game. Yeah. Basically, it's hockey around your face. Yeah. With a hockey ball. Yeah, we yeah. had broken noses. Yeah, we yeah, had yeah. girls going feral. You know, it was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. Sounds like Friday it. night youth group. It is. Yeah, I love it. Wow. So, um, well, there's an insight for all of us. There and certainly go. I know what to get you for Christmas So, now. lacrosse. There Some lacrosse wax. <laughs> there we go. Just to bring back that smell. I wonder that if they memory. do. I wonder if they do a candle oh, at, uh, at Wax Lyrical. Do they do a, a lacrosse <laughs> wax candle? A certain age exactly. That, that ended up being sent to crazy schools that, um, wow. yeah, didn't teach you much else, but you had to play lacrosse. So why we're talking about this yes. today uh, is uh, we've got a, we've got a few interviews. Yeah, I love today. it. Very I exciting. love where it's a kind of catalogue. Um, and uh, and so we've got a, a a chat first of all with Joe Lowther, mm-hmm. who is the CEO of. Kick London, um, which is sort of, I think, dropping the London slightly, actually. It's broadening out okay, from there, yeah. um, which is which started as uh, probably 10 years ago now uh, as a football-based uh, ministry, um, mainly reaching children in London um, and some, just some amazing people involved in the, in the birth and then growth of that ministry. And then Joe has come along and he's just an amazing strategist, as we talk about in the, mm. um, in the interview and I think we'll talk about afterwards. And, uh, and they're seeing this thing grow like nothing else I can see in youth ministry right now. Wow. I think it's an amazing, wow. thi- amazing um, thing. And I think we should um, pay attention to what's going on. So mm. here's uh, my chat with Joe Lowther. The Youthscape Podcast. So I'm joined on the podcast today by Joe Lowther, who is the CEO of Kick uh, Kick London. I think is it Kick London still, or are you now Kick? It absolutely uh, is both of those two things. Um, we've been Kick London for 15 years, and we have a strong presence in London. But we are excited to potentially explore sp- expanding outside of London. Um, so we've recently rebranded uh, to being Kick. Uh, but Kick London itself still remains our kind of local presence there. But who knows? One day we might have Kick Birmingham, Kick Manchester, Kick uh, Little Hampton, whoever, whatever it is. You know, I thought you we, said, I thought you said Kick, Kick Atlantis. You have sort of <laughs> we could go out into, into, I'd love that. into fictional underwater cities. <laughs> that that may right. be the most ambitious youth ministry strategy I've ever heard. I love that. Well, let's do water polo. I mean, that could be cool too. So, You've yeah. just found it. You've got your yeah, whole, that. whole new logo there. So um, for those who don't know, uh, Joe, just tell us a little bit about what Kick, Kick London is. Um, yeah. and, uh, and maybe if you could start with sort of the, the, the beginnings and, and the, the story of, of where it came from. Mm, no, look, I'd be so privileged to do that. Um, well, look, what Kick London is, is, is really its mission statement, which um, has remained... Tr- remain true for us throughout our existence and that is to transform young people's lives they are the most important thing they're the reason why we exist um, in our in our organization uh, so to transform young people's lives with god's love so to have that right at the heart of what we do through sport and now support uh, and so for us we make we make a massive difference to the young people we engage the way we want to go about doing that is by expressing god's love in the way we deliver our services 
Uh, but crucially, we do our, deliver our services through sport and now support. Um, and so that's that's kind of the core, really, of who we are. We have a strong Christian ethos in the way in which we go about delivering what we do, um, but but we deliver it through sport and support. So just to explain what you mean there, sport and support. What is what is support? Yeah, fantastic. So um, what Kit London seeks to do is is invite kids um, back to church. Um, it, it, you know, that's something that, that's really important to us. And so what we look to do is um, go out into local schools. Um, deliver four professional services. The, the, this looks like um, PE, full national curriculum, um, street dance, uh, musical theatre and cheerleading. That's our sort of second service. Um, our third service is to provide solutions-focused mentoring. And then we also look to also um, now deliver um, schools-based chaplaincy. So those are four of our services to schools. Um, and then um, where we want to bring a community closer together um, we can um, upskill local people in the community, such as local churches, to run extended sports or dance at the weekend. So that we call these kick academies, yeah. um, where we train local people um, uh, in their local church to run um, extended sport and dance um, uh, at the weekend as a way of, of providing, instead of it being church or sport on a Sunday morning, why can't it be church and sport? Um, that, that young people can engage with. And so, um, yeah, we upskill local churches to, to run a sport or dance at a suitable time, which is complementary to when church happens, Very good. so that they have the, the chance to engage in both church and sport. And, and why not? That was that was my experience as a kid. Um, I got a, a hit of sport on a Saturday and Sunday afternoon, uh, but now so much of sport happens on a, a Sunday morning. Yeah, that, it's that a it's premium really time, isn't conflict. it? Yeah, it's real conflict between the two. And, um, recent statistics show, I think it's that uh, 4.5% of kids attend church on a Sunday, uh, so 95% don't. Mm. Um, but uh, amazingly, a, th- a third of all young people uh, play sport on a Sunday morning instead. And so, yeah. again, it's this kind of competition. And, and why does it have to be? Why can't you have faith and sport? Both things are brilliant and um a real blessing from the Lord. So, yeah, uh, yeah it's exciting to engage in both so, of those. So very broadly, you are, um, you, you're sports-focused and and your first point of contact with young people is, is usually in school. Um, but yeah. then but then you, you look to widen that out so that they'll also engage with local churches. Is that right? Yeah. So what we've, what we've sought to do is take young people on a journey um, uh, to just to be welcomed back to church. And if they're not turning up there, you know, kids don't walk through the doors of church anymore. Church tends to be a bit of a, a nerve-wracking place for a young person. So what we sought to do is engage young people in their agenda, which is sport, mm. uh, in a school setting. You know, if, if only 4.5% of kids go to church, guess where the captive audience is? 99.7% of children go to school. Yeah. Um, and so we really want to go out to them and invite them back where they are. And, and so we, we, we engage them on their agenda, things that they're really interested in, street dance, uh, sports, etc., and, um, and can also provide support in terms of mentoring and chaplaincy. And then we look to do, as I said, is, is invite them back via a stepping stone of, of what we call a kick academy, um, which is where we introduce them to, to trained uh, volunteers in the local community, who can engage their local young people in their local area? Um, so, yeah, and so you um, you've been involved at uh, Kick for maybe a, a few years now. Three years, three yeah. Years. So, so around our history, 
Um, Kit London was uh, founded uh, 15 years ago um, by uh, th- uh, three components, if you like, um, uh, by this brilliant guy called Tom Lutter, um, who remains with us today um, as our founding coach. He had a real heart for sports ministry and wanted to make a difference uh, in London. Um, by the wonderful Goo for Christ, um, who as a movement uh, wanted to extend the reach of sport in, um, in, in, uh, in London. And, and thirdly, by an inspirational vicar who had three sons um, and could see a mile away that he was going to face a, a challenge not only for their for them attending church, but but crucially as well for was hemorrhaging a lot of um, sort of young people from his church um, because they were faced with sport or church. Mm. And so together, as a kind of trio, these guys worked closer together to found a charity um, in Kit London. And and um, Trevor Patterson, who the late Trevor Patterson, who is this vicar, he turned up to church one day and said, look, everyone, I want us all to come into church half an hour early on a Sunday for the sake of our young people. Um, And so what that meant was that instead of coming in at half past 10, they came in at 10 o'clock, they'd have Sunday morning, Sunday school, and at 11.30, all the kids would go out for um, a kick academy um, where they'd have some coaching linked to an inspirational thought from the Bible linked to matches. And so it's this brilliant way of, you know, all their parents were having, you know, teas and coffees and, and talking with other adults, etc. The kids were getting out there, being active um, and having fun and also um, understanding a bit more about God. And, and crucially, during that time, um, they, they weren't switched off from church. In fact, they looked forward to coming because they had the, the sporting fix as well as the faith-based fix. And so that was just, again, um, a brilliant uh, example of reinventing Sunday school mm. uh, as the Bishop of Kingston referred to it and um, and you know for us um, we now have 25 of these kick academies all across London mm. um, with churches and today we engage 7,582 children and young people across 52 schools That's amazing. Um, and so again you know from our perspective um, our organisation has um, has grown organically uh, since uh, we launched 15 years ago, but really seen quite a significant spike in the last three years as we've moved from seven staff to 41 staff at Kick London. So, yeah, it's been been a thrilling ride and, and one that I can only attribute to, to to God making lots of magic happen. Yeah, I mean, you, you say that, but obviously anybody who's got a, a very, very basic grasp of maths could see that you joined three years ago and then there was a big spike three years ago. So <laughs> you've certainly been able to galvanise some of this stuff. Um, <laughs> well, I, pl- plenty of people have joined in the last three years. You I'm, know, I'm sure. But, and, uh, yeah, the buck and, stops you know, for you, Joe. It's, it's, a wonderful, it's a wonderful team, really, that we've had here that's just really brought energy and drive towards seeing this mission happen. And I think for a lot of the staff at Kit London, we're all inspired about transforming young people's lives with God's love through sport and support mm. and so a lot of us are here really to make that happen and 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 really hungry to to make a difference in in the communities we work in so yeah you know it's a real team effort yeah well I you're very uh you're very humble I, I'm, I'm I'm impressed I could learn from you I I often attribute <laughs> much of Youthscape's success to my uh, my joining the staff um so <laughs> so uh 
I'm very interested in um, you know what has changed in in that last three years because you have you've been around for a long time, but then suddenly something uh, has changed strategically for you. So let's not attribute it to people. And yes, yeah. absolutely, uh, God uh, is is going to be yeah. a big part of the of the answer here. But apart That's from true. from that, strategically, what is it that you've done that has has changed those numbers so dramatically? Yeah, I think that's a, a really good, um, yeah, good analysis. I, I mean, effectively, uh, it, look, it's really difficult to look at it any other way than being obedient, obedient to what we felt God tell us to do. And um, uh, when I first came into Kit London, um, we, I came in and I wrote a health health check on where the organisation was at. So I wrote an analysis basically, and we reviewed what are called the seven S's of strategy. Um, looking at things like um, uh, services and um, uh, just a range of different different aspects to do with um, how we were set up, uh, and, and effectively what we looked to do was um, uh, review where we are, review where we were. I'm sorry, pray into uh, those particular areas and ask ask God to reveal what to do next. And and one of the things we felt Him tell us to do was to really have the church at the heart of what we were doing. Mm. And, and to grow, and so um, we we then wrote this five year strategy, um, which uh, had five strategic aims. The first one of those was to was to grow. The second one was to have the funding to do it. The third one was to put the church at the heart of what we were doing and and really grow our kick academies. Um, uh, the fourth one was to develop the quality of our services in schools, and finally it was to keep the Christian ethos right at the heart of of everything we were doing. And so those things were really strategic decisions that we made through prayer. Um, and then what we looked to do is just be really faithful to that strategy. And year on year, um, we've, we've grown. I mean, in the last three years, we've moved from engaging 2,500 children a week to seventh, you know, just, just over 7,500. Mm. Um, and, um, and we've moved from being in six boroughs in London to now 26 um, so yeah, you know, we've been, we've been hungry for growth. We've had a real growth mindset from a strategic perspective. Mm. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's, that's been important. I mean, an, another thing I'd attribute to it is it was very helpful with, uh, my sort of background in education. I was involved in founding a free school academy in Tower Hamlets and, and, and being involved, um, uh, you know, in Ofsted inspections and, and headship uh, around that. And, and that was just all very, very helpful for when I meet with a head teacher. And I know what it's like to sit on the other side of the desk uh, to then pitch for services and, and understand how their funding uh, strategies work in the school and, and what Ofsted are requiring of them. And so th- those things have been useful for us at Kick as we've grown um, in terms of understanding the market we're, we're, we're talking to in schools mm. uh, but crucially for us I, I think putting the church back at the heart of what we're trying to do you know often a, a local church uh, a vicar or a pastor will be doing an assembly once a year at Christmas or Easter in a school um, or there might be a, a teacher in a church or a parent you know with good links to the school PTA etc who are happy to introduce us to local schools so Again, that's been helpful. We've often been introduced to a number of number of churches through, sorry, a number of schools through the church, um, as well as other other groups like Scripps Union and and others like that who have just introduced us um, 
to to schools and that that's that's led to a lot of fruitful relationships warm introductions count for so much so that um you've talked a lot there about strategy actually you've 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 um gone beyond maybe vision and talked in more granular detail about how uh, you're actually going to deliver the, yeah. the, the vision. And, and it sounds to me, not knowing a huge amount about, about the detail, that that's what you did. You thought very strategically three years ago, how are we going to move you know, in, in actual detail? We're going to do the work of, of, of understanding how we move from here to here. And I wonder to people listening to this, we'll... we'll um, before we go, we'll we'll talk about how people can plug into Kick specifically. But but I imagine as some people are listening to this, uh, they'll be thinking maybe a little entrepreneurially, uh, and yep. maybe with a big vision of their own um, about what they might do in their area. And it might look like what you're doing, or it might look very different. But uh, but it seems to me like moving from vision and vision casting, which we're, we're often quite good at doing in the church, mm. to actual strategic. Planning and then delivery of that strategy is a is a big jump, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is, and and again, um, you know, our, our, I've explained what our mission is. Our mission is to transform young people's lives with God's love through sport. Our vision is to place a kick London coach into every community in London that would like one, and then go wider. And so, those were guiding principles. Both of those two things, our vision and mission, in us founding our strategy, because our strategy was effectively. Well, if that's what we want to roughly do, how are we going to make it happen? Mm. And if we really care about those two things, then we have to be strategic to make it happen. Otherwise, it, you know, it's just going to sit there on a shelf and gather dust. And so mm. for us, um, being strategic was ultimately, um, uh, you know, we ultimately used some of those tools um, to achieve, you know, to seek to achieve our, our mission and vision. And I can't tell you, I had no idea we'd be engaging 7,582 kids mm. um, in only three years Three years on from when I first joined. I had no idea about that. And, and you know, we do feel very grateful to the Lord for, for making that happen. But but we have looked to be strategic. We have looked, you know, as I was saying earlier, our, our third strategic aim is about partnerships and um, really looking to work with London Diocese about all the schools they engage in, looking to work with head teachers that we currently work with that like what we're doing, who can then introduce us to other schools, you know, really looking to be nimble. Ah, that was going really well until you stopped there suddenly. Oh, Joe. Oh, sorry. Joe, you disappeared. Sorry. Hello? Hello. I, I lost oh, you. Oh, sorry about that. I, I, the last thing I heard you say was really looking to be nimble. I, I, in fact, I, heard, I had really looking to be nim. And then uh, uh, and that was all we got. So I don't know if you can pick up. Yes, I'll, I'll try my best. From there. Uh, yeah, I'll, should I start now? Yeah, just start right? mid-sentence, that's fine. Brilliant, yeah. So, yeah, we've looked to try and be as, as nimble as possible to sort of adapt to different situations um, and really meet our schools where they're at. Um, uh, you know, seeing um, other head teachers introduce us that are happy with our work to new schools um, as well as... Um, riff off current relationships that um, church groups might have. For example, they might come in and deliver an assembly or, or deliver RE, but we can come in and deliver PE. Um, and so, again, there's lots of, lots of lots of different ways there. I, I mean, I think another crucial strategic decision we made was to grow the range of services we deliver to schools. So when I first started, we delivered predominantly just PE, um, but we really looked to, to, to deliver um, 
what we call solutions-focused mentoring, yeah. um, which is an approach developed by a guy called Mark Baerbach, who uh, has used some of the CBT principles, and that's been very helpful. Uh, then we looked to set up street dance um, as that was a dance as a part of the national curriculum for PE. And so that was, again, a, a part of our service, which we just needed to grow and extend. But it's very different to the sports. You know, often you have sports people that can't dance and dance people that, that don't understand the laws of cricket. Yeah. And so, again, we had to really um, uh, develop those, those, those. That was a new service. And we were very fortunate to employ Rachel Hollings, um, who, who joined us part time. And, and things progressed so well. She went full time within a month, and we've since recruited six dance coaches. Wow! So that's great. And then, and, and so then we, sorry, just then, to stop, stop there, Joe. I mean, that sounds that sounds like something quite interesting to just reflect on for a moment there, because because yeah. there'll be lots of people who run football based ministry projects around the UK, but it sounds like dance, yeah. um, which is obviously oh. a, a personal passion of mine. Uh, that, yep. that is a um, uh, that is obviously a quite a, a warm way in in terms of both yep. the, the school's interest and and young people. Yeah, no, no. It's I mean, look, it's fantastic. I, in my ignorance, you know, I when I was dreaming it up, uh, you know, it actually was the idea of one of our one of our coaches. They said, "Oh, you know, uh, it's just a shame." we try to deliver the whole curriculum but we don't do any dance and and so that really got you know the creative juices flowing and, and when we found Rachel you know we were just so privileged to have her on board in my ignorance I thought that that dance was predominantly something that uh, that you know girls were into as boys were into more of the sports side of things but actually uh, street dance has a 50 50 male female ratio um it's uh, it's extremely popular with the lads and wow. um and yeah now today you know we do uh, we've grown it from just street dance to um, street dance, break dance, uh, locking, popping, uh, musical theatre, hip hop, uh, and now for this year we've got cheerleading and creative improvisation. And so, no, uh, no jazz, modern tap, or ballet. Well, it's funny you should mention that because what we've what we've sought to do is is try to sort of stay in this position where boys and girls engage and. And uh, you know, for every Billy Elliot, there, there tends to be uh, they tend to be a little bit more seldom in terms of the ballet and contemporary aspects. Yeah, it does tend to yeah. be more uh, female orientated around those particular dance disciplines. But but around um, creative improv, what we're really excited about that is it actually uses ballet and contemporary movement, but within a street dance setting. Wow, um, you sound so, like you've had to sort of bone up on uh, on I'm dance. Telling you, uh, this is all brand new news to me, but um, I, I've really had to swat up on it in terms of pitching it to head teachers so, um, and communicating what we do. But I'm very grateful to Rachel, Kabuki, Gabs, etc., the our street dancers on team who who um, who keep me posted. But um, but yeah, we, what we so as I say, what we've looked to do is add new services, but crucially go deeper within the portfolio of sports or dance disciplines that we offer. And, and that's been very powerful for us. Um, and, and it's a, a great question about street dance. Look, you know, we, we now run street dance kick academies for churches um, and, and, and train up volunteers to run those. So, again, Martin, I'm pleased you're into dance. We can train you to run the dance academy. I'm one of those rare people who you mentioned <laughs> that there are some people who can do sport and some people who can do dance. And I'm one of those rare people in the middle who, who can't, oh. do, can't do either of those things. <laughs> So, yeah, I can, I can imagine. It's it's, uh, it, they're, they're, they're very challenging. They at the best are. Of times. But what you, you've described there again, you know, is strategy, strategy, strategy. So you're not content with just delivering uh, a strategy you've laid out, but you're continually refining that and seeing what God's saying and, and 
seeing where the where the sort of heat is and and continuing to develop that so i think that's really instructive to us all as we think about how we do good youth ministry that's really effective really meets the needs of the yeah. young people in our, our community or our context uh keep keep strategizing vision is important but strategy gets the job done and i think that's what i really yeah. take from this um well before before you go joe I, i'd love you just yeah. to talk about um, how people can connect with Kick, particularly if they're in in London, but maybe not exclusively. Um, how can people connect with your right. work? Yeah, no, no. Thank you for asking that. Uh, again, um, we'd be really excited to um, link with um, with people either involved either involved in an educational context um, or a youth work context or, or a church based context. Um, we'd love to to train more churches to run. Kick academies, um, but we'd also love to meet um, more head teachers in schools and just explore. You know, is is um, you know, do you need PE services, dance services, uh, mentoring, or chaplaincy services in the school? And again, um, have a conversation about that to see if that's something that could be useful. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, we'd be so I, I'd be very happy to come and meet with people that are interested, um, and um, they can easily find us on the website. Um, at uh, kicklondon.org.uk, um, but yeah, so be that you know churches or um, or schools um, to explore these kinds of things, we'd be thrilled. Great, thanks, Joe. So it's kicklondon.org.uk to find That's out more right. or, or get in touch with Joe. Joe, thank you so much for giving up your time and, and just talking us through its amazing story. Pleasure. And and yeah. really, you know, we've had a few years of crisis narrative in youth ministry, but do you know what? This is a real story of growth and yeah. of, of good things happening. So, so you're a bit of a beacon. We're really cheering you on. Well done. Thanks so much, guys. And, and look, have a brilliant rest of the day. And, um, and yeah, thrilled to be a part of this. The Youthscape Podcast. It is a fascinating story. And it is an incredible story about growth, isn't it? Actually, these guys are seeing genuine numbers like they're really connecting with lots of young people hence thinking about moving sort of beyond london so that that is strategy i mean what, what do you put that down to where is that just because young people love sport and so it's an easy win or mm. what kind of thinking's gone behind it i think there's a few things so i think the strategy part of it is really important the fact that they actually are thinking strategically is really important we should we should come back to that I think they have found a way in which connects with lots of people. Not only does it connect with young people, it also connects with volunteers. People who feel like they couldn't become youth workers might feel like they could help yeah. with a bit of football coaching. Yeah. And so, so you suddenly have roles for different people in your church congregation because it's all about the partner churches. It's as much as they can go out and, and uh, send coaches into schools, what this model really needs to, to kick in uh, no pun intended, is the um, is the engagement of local churches. And it's then the local church that needs to find volunteers who can actually do a bit of sports coaching or hosting or, you know, supporting young people. That's what makes it work. And I think that's, that's why it does work, because if you go into most churches, you'll find some football fans or some sports fans, and you'll find people who might be willing to help out with something like this, even if they wouldn't feel comfortable leading a youth Bible study. Mm. So I think that's part of it. But I think probably overall, by the way, I love interviews like that because it's you know you've got me crystal clear in the studio here and then you've got him on the on the phone. I hope you're I, forgive yes. us forgive us listeners that he sound, does sound yeah. a bit like Bane from Batman. <laughs> oh, help me! Um, there's uh, but anyway the uh, the strategy thing is really important um, and um, 
the fact is there's a, there's a whole bunch of people involved in Kick London at sort of board level who are brilliant thinkers. There are you know a couple of guys there who are uh, super high flyers in London in the sort of city roles and they really know what they're doing. And so what they're doing is they're approaching this issue of like how do we reach young people like you might approach a sort of management consultancy kind of issue you know you might you might um, ask how to turn a company around or something like that I feel like that's how mm. those guys approach um, and you know guys meaning men and women yeah, yeah. Um, approach uh, this this stuff and so they're saying what is the problem how do we how do we reach it what are the steps not just the visionary kind of overall picture of like we're going to use football to, to transform lives or something but what are the actual steps so yes. so step one um, contact schools find a way sustainably of getting coaching going in schools which builds links with Christians builds links with the local churches then there's that step of of getting involved in the local church getting churches to take the academy idea on board and then the, the step of building the link between the two and then the step of resourcing that and when you start to put those steps in place mm -hmm. you build this picture where at scale you can start to see the big picture mm -hmm. change and and i think actually you know pulling back from this conversation like that's what we're trying to do at youthscape we are trying to ask the big picture questions mm. around what happens in youth ministry. And uh, that's part of the reason why we're doing the National Youth Ministry Weekend and Youth Work Sunday and mm. a bunch of other initiatives is because we're, we're actually breaking it down into what are the things that need to happen in order for youth ministry to flourish again. Mm. And I think that's what they're doing on, on, on their scale. So you, I mean, I'm going to ask you a bit of a tricky question now because I, you're, you're saying that the people sort of at board level, governance level, are bringing a very strategic, almost business management mindset to this. Are are they able to do that because they are deeply passionate about sport and young people? Or is the fact that it's sport irrelevant? Mm. They're just very good at, at taking opportunities, seeing, finding the right people. So basically I'm saying to you, would our absolute passion for sport sometimes mean that we've got a great idea but we can't quite execute it? Because we can't, like, actually, what, what does it take to create strategy? Yeah. That's the question I'm asking. Well, I think, I mean, these, these guys are... Um, uh, and is it women as well on the board? Uh, I, I don't know. No, okay. I don't, know. I, I don't yeah. know the content in their board. And I know a few people are involved at different levels. Yeah, because we... Yeah. Um, but uh, Joe himself is a brilliant strategist. Yeah, yeah. And a bunch of the other people involved that I know are not huge football fans, actually. It's not that it's football. It's not that it's sport. I think what they've done is they've looked at the problem. And that is what you've got to do. You've got to look at the problem or the opportunity. That's excellent, yeah and say what is the best yeah. way to solve that now I think one of the big we'll talk about this I know on a, on a, a forthcoming uh, podcast but video gaming mm. uh, is a massive area where young people are engaged You've online to want to yeah. spend their time YouTube we've already talked yeah. about it with Lana Pottle and, and we'll talk about it again YouTube uh, is a massive area where young people are spending their spare time. They are interested in this stuff. They want to do more. Yeah. Uh, and so it's a great connection point. And if you're building a strategy about reaching young people, you have to ask, where are young people? Yeah. School is often the answer, or online. Where are young people's hearts? What are they interested in? What are they passionate about? Um, you know, and th those are the sort of the, um, the building blocks for mm. any effective strategy to actually reach real human beings. Um, and it doesn't begin in a sort of a, um, a visionary sort of, uh, oh, we, we think 
we think God is telling us to hmm. use, you know, this well, thing. Well, it might begin thing. there, but then it very quickly has to broaden yeah. out yeah, yeah. to these other disciplines, yeah. which God is as present in as mm. he is in that initial crazy idea, yeah. which, which often is where it starts. Because I think as well, if you think about like boxing, boxing clubs. Like I often think about boxing. Do you? <laughs> but that's a brilliant kind of example of you. If you're working in certain settings, certain areas, what your church should be doing absolutely is, is, is getting a boxing gym in yeah. your hall. Like, why yeah. do you just use your hall for cups of tea on a Sunday and it's empty the rest of the time? But the, the average local church, mine included, does not have the expertise or the know-how or the skills. And yet, absolutely, if we set up a gym in our church, it would be packed yeah, every yeah. day. So we do need some of these teams, these organisations that collect all of that great thinking around sports, around yeah, boxing, yeah. around dance, whatever it is around education, employment. Yep. But, it, but it means that the buy-in from the church is massive. Like, yes, it is. We, we, we as churches need to kind of say, we don't have any of these skills, that we've got the building, we've got the money, we've got the heart, let's resource it. So it is an interesting way to think about the future of youth ministry, that churches become real centres of excellence around a particular way of reaching young people, and yeah. they sort of pour all the eggs, eggs in that basket. Well, and as well, like these things like, uh, you know, football, uh, and especially lacrosse, uh, are, are very expensive yeah. pastimes yeah. to engage in. If you're a young person who doesn't have access to much money, mm. you know, um, going and hiring a five-a-side football pitch at goals mm. is completely out of your price. Yeah. You can't do that. No. You know, that might be 50 or 60 quid for you to hire it for yeah. now, so you're not going to be able to do it. And if you haven't got anywhere to play, yeah. then it can be very frustrating. And so the idea that churches might just ask the question goes back to our conversation yeah. around research, yeah, actually. Week, yeah. um, you know, if we're actually asking the question, what is it that young people in our area really want to do but can't that's a great starting point rather than the starting point of oh we think we should be doing some stuff around sports it's actually the question of what do these real live young people in our area Mm. want to do and can't Mm. what is the thing that we could we could help them to do and that's where my three aside football thing yeah. started so it's where it's, it's where essentially you started kick london with your three so i mean that is that i like what, to, I like to take credit for most things <laughs> most ideas were mine what i love about the, your interview and, and and yes it is about sport and i did love sport as a teenager i don't do sport now but i totally think we we've got to kind of be waking up to this which she says to herself but i think it's about physicality isn't it and so much youth ministry and i think about myself i do kind of lean towards let's go on a weekend away let's sit around and chat about stuff because that's me i'm i'm quite conversational I love that kind of thing but it's the physicality nature of, of sport and dance as well that I think engages young people in a different way I know that for kick they're looking at other forms of physicality so dance so I, I caught up with Rachel who's sort of heading up this new initiative for kick London I think I don't want to sort of speak if that's not true but um, developing sort of dance projects and remember sport is not for the guys and dance not for the girls but I think she's going to be talking particularly about the girls that she works with but of course boys are engaged with dance too because I wanted to ask her what does you know what does that offer youth ministry when suddenly you say to a bunch of young people it's not about us sat around chatting about things but it's about us using our bodies and kind of getting out of our comfort zone and, and learning to trust each other and what does that open up and also I have my lovely friend Beth there who's 18 and she's not really into dance she's majorly into football she loves football and she talks a little bit about her experience growing up as a teenager when the local church got in touch with football and and what that meant for her so have a little listen to this conversation the youth gay podcast 
so, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> with a lot of help, somebody has worked out how to press record. So I've got my friend Beth next to me. Say hi, Beth. Hello. Beth, how old are you? Where'd you come from? I'm 18. I'm from Newcastle. Fantastic, from Newcastle. Yeah. And then sat with us also is, what's your name? My name is Rachel and I live in London. Fantastic. And uh, Rachel, when I saw you about five hours ago, you had bright pink hair <laughs> and we're wearing a black tutu because we are at yeah. Spring Harvest and, and you are acting and dancing as a troll in big star for all that age is worship. true you dance can be in all forms you know <laughs> and a troll is one of them and a troll is one of them there's something about in their scripture i reckon yeah Some surely <laughs> um, and um the reason i grabbed you is because actually you don't just dance as a troll at spring harvest but you're part of kick london and you run yeah. the dance academies and the kind of the dance work that kick london do and i was just only thinking actually martin and i have never interviewed anybody who's a dancer we've never <laughs> yeah. interviewed anybody that connects with young people around dance and yet it is such a major part of young people's life yeah. physicality sports dance drama so um so for you then your story have you always been a dancer ever since sort of you were tiny were you a little girl that loved to dance and I like to uh, put a skirt on and spin in a circle. I remember <laughs> doing that when I was a child. But I didn't start dancing properly until I was about 15, 16. When I looked at my older sister and thought, you're amazing, you're so cool, I want to mm. be you. Oh, wow. Um, and she was dancing and performing, so I followed in her footsteps. Within a year, she stopped dancing, but I was like, keep going. Keep going. And what, what was it for you? Why, why were you loving it so much? Um, I just loved dancing, learning. Mm. being with my friends mm. hanging out with people and getting to perform and have fun Brilliant. and I was so shy when I was younger like mm. it was unbelievable yeah but now when I started performing it really brought me out of my character yeah. and my shell it almost changed my personality in a, in a good way really good way yeah because it made me feel more confident I could get up on stage my parents were so shocked they were like who is this girl yeah and yeah like God brought me into it and this is who I'm always meant to be. Just to dance. And you are a brilliant dancer. You're a great performer. <laughs> and don't be fooled, listeners, by the whole troll thing. Like, it's, this is really amazing what she does. Um, so in terms of, like, um, your own journey of dance, like, are you talking yeah. about you had a youth worker or a dance teacher that called that out of you? Or were you with your friends, like, just sticking a CD on, like, getting, <laughs> yeah. getting the moves done yourself? Like, what does that look like for young people? Yeah, well, I feel... Like YouTube, you've got places where music is so accessible and videos that just going onto YouTube and mm. looking at a music video or anything like that and being like, wow, mm. can I do that? Mm. And looking at tutorials and things like that, it's so easy to find stuff nowadays. You mm. don't have to pay, you know, 20 quid to go to a class in central London or something. Mm. You can do it anywhere. So with my mates, that's what we did. We're at home doing all the dance moves, Destiny's Child. <laughs> um, and then it just developed from there. And then I was like, oh, I can do a course at Sixth Form. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, a Christian organization do it in Bristol. So I went there for a while called NGM. And that really pushed me. So yeah. that was amazing. Yeah. That was like, come on. Yeah. I could do this. Yeah. <laughs> amazing. So, um... So for you, using your dance now as a youth worker, as a, as a kind of a, a missionary in dance, I'm going to use yeah, that phrase because I'm completely <laughs> sleep deprived at Spring Harvest <laughs> and can't think of any better phrase. But, but, but why do you use dance to connect with young people? What, what do you see mm. that, it, that it does? Actually, maybe tell us first of all, what do you do with young people yeah, in dance? It's very and then yeah. let's have a little chat about like, what, is, what is the benefit of doing that? Yeah. So as you said, I work for Kick London and we do sport dance and mentoring in schools mm. so we use dance as part of the national curriculum mm. basically so in one sense we can do 
anything we want as long as it's movement. Mm. Um, so then I can be really creative within that. I'm like, bring hip hop, street dance, cheerleading, gymnastics. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, put it all in there and do it. So I do that full time. And that is good fun with all the kids and young people. And then we mentor alongside as well. Yeah. So that brings out kind of like kids who are really struggling with something. You can have one-to-one chats, but also get them creative, mm. get them moving, get them fit, get them healthy, get them active, which schools are like, yes, please. Yeah. So having a Christian organization that go in and do that, that they're like, yeah, cool, you're Christian, great, come in, doesn't matter, so bring so it on. So there's really no barrier. They yeah. just love the fact that you're about yeah. getting these kids moving. And yeah. So why... Like, I think it's a well-known fact. We know that mm. helping young people explore their physicality, doing things, is so good for their self-esteem. But, like, why? Why is it mm. so positive for young people to get moving around and express themselves? What, what would you say? Even when it comes to, like, dance, music, um, anything creative on that side, when someone sings, you know, it's such a beautiful thing. When you have a talent that's hidden and you know that you can do it, young people know, they know yeah. they can do it, it's drawing that out of them. Yeah. And having dance to draw out of someone that they know that they've accomplished something is beautiful. Mm. When they get up there and you've worked, you know, six, 12 weeks with them and they're like, I'm never gonna get on stage. I can't do it, this is awful. And then by the end they're on stage performing and you just mm. wanna cry. Wow. You're just like, yeah, that's what it's about. It's your self-esteem. As we, as we know, that's such a major part yeah. for a lot of young people. Yeah. And just by dancing and working, it's one-on-one, yeah. it's connection, it's relationship. They're not just going to do that for a stranger. Yeah. They're going to want to do that with someone who they know cares for them. So it's like a mentoring tool, isn't it? So yeah. What, what yeah. I'm hearing is this fantastic sort of synergy of that one-to-one pastoral yeah. care, that kind of supporting a young person or whatever they're going through, but using dance as a way of communicating. Because there are yeah. young people that we all know, don't we, that, that some really benefit from sitting down chatting, eye yeah, contact, yeah. conversation. Others that just doesn't work no. for. They just need to be doing something. Yeah. With you. Do, you, do you find that, that you're connecting more with young people who this yeah. actually is a brilliant way to get, to help them communicate themselves? Yeah, absolutely. Like you get some kids who, as you said, like to sit down yeah. and chat, but some are itchy feet and want to move around and do mm. something. So they're not going to open up. They're not mm. going to say, oh, I'm actually struggling with this. All right, let's go outside. Let's kick a football around. Yeah. Let's put on a bit of music. What are you into? Yeah. And then you just start chatting. And yeah. then you're like, wow, that's something that I would never that's expect amazing. them to open up to before. That is amazing. That is amazing. Yeah. Now, I've got my friend Beth sat next to me. And um, the little joke, do you mind me sharing this? Well, I, you have no choice now because I'm, I'm <laughs> saying it. Is that like 10 years ago, I came and stayed at your family's home. I was doing some stuff in your area in Tyneside, Newcastle. And, um, and I left a little message on the fridge, a little message for you like 10 years ago. And you were eight. But I said, Beth, next time I come and stay, I'm going to take you to the park. And what did you say to me today? You're like, yeah, I'm 18 now. I've still got the message. Yeah, I've still got it. <laughs> so that promise still stands. Seriously, I think when I'm coming up next, I'm going to take you to the park. But, and, and it's really cool that you're here because actually sometimes I think in this conversation, we can kind of make out that girls are about dance and boys are about football. And, yeah. and, and in some, uh, some spaces, girls are more likely to go towards dance and boys football, but not in all by any mm. means. And Kick London represents both. But Beth, you're sat here and you're not a dancer, you're a football player, aren't you? Yeah. Tell us a bit about Ooh. that. How long have you been playing football? So I started playing football when I was about seven. Um, mm. One of the... Uh, I used to do ballet when I was like really little. <laughs> But uh, my dad was like, no, no, (laughs) let's get her out of this. So, yeah, uh, away from ballet and towards football. So, yeah, uh, I've been playing um, since then. And uh, 
it's still recording. Uh, will it? Okay, fantastic. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so uh, I was playing in junior teams, and then when I was about 15, I started playing with uh, with adults and uh, playing with like ex-professional footballers. Oh, wow. So that was really cool. And uh, one match we had against the top of the Women's Premier League. Oh, we lost, amazing. but it was still pretty cool. Yeah, it was really cool <laughs> yeah, to see, um, isn't it? So yeah, it's been... It's been amazing. Yeah, cool. So in terms, I mean, I've not prepped you or you, Rachel, actually, for any of these questions. I've literally just put a phone in their faces. But in terms of like being a teenager, so you're 18 now, so it wasn't so long ago, you were 13, 14. Um, and you haven't got to speak specifically about your church if you don't want to, but like as a girl growing up in church, were there lots of opportunities to do sport as part of your kind of church youth group? Or was that all outside of church? Yeah, it was, it was mainly all outside of church, so I guess yeah, it's a good way to like... Just connect with people and uh, yeah yeah would you have wanted your church to, like done some more school stuff would that have been yeah it would have been cool we had a bit of like cage events yeah um w- with yfc and um yeah so that was always cool but yeah, it's interesting, cool. challenging things. I think mm. it's so rare yeah. to find a church that does credibly some sport. So, I mean, my church doesn't. Like, we do lots of youth programs, but actually, we haven't got anything credible or decent around dance or around sport at all. So, um, and yet, it's, it's, it's a massive thing for so many young people, yeah. isn't it? And so, what does Kick London offer? Because I realise that you're based in London, but there'll be groups like you all around the UK. You mentioned Youth for Christ. There are so many like local organisations, mm. regional organisations. What what is it that that can be offered to churches do you think yeah well we um we have academies that run um on weekends or evenings whatever suits you not on a sunday because a lot of external ones run on sundays so a lot of kids are like well let's not go to church then yeah and go to football academies so we run them on different times where we come and we train them up yeah um if it's something that they're like yeah i really want to do that but we don't know how to do it yeah how are we going to do this and then just don't do it yeah so we train up people we get them along we train them up we get teams together and we're like yeah this is what you can do to set up a football academy or a dance academy which is really exciting and that's growing loads and do you need experts in both football and dance to set up an academy not at all it's helpful if someone's interested in the topic yeah (laughs) um but you wouldn't need like an expert in it not at all no No. if you love it and you think your young people this is something that they're really interested yeah then yeah you might have to research and look into it yeah but it's so worth it especially if young people are like this is my thing that's amazing that is so cool and Beth coming back to you um I want you now to speak for all young people everywhere (laughs) are you ready for this you're gonna represent (laughs) she's doing it she'll love fist bump um but okay speak for yourself like what is it about sport that you think is so significant for young people who love it like what do you see what do you see in yourself what do you see in your, your friends at your club I think that's like, like especially like as you get a bit older, like you do your GCSEs, your A levels, and it's it's more of like a way out. Like it's got nothing to do with your revision, and um, it can like clear your head, mm. and uh, just like obviously you're meeting like new people, and mm. and yeah, it's, you can like get opportunities to like then, like I've had, well, could have had the opportunity to go to uh, like play football in America and uh, mm. like and I've like played uh, like in New York uh, doing like pickup games just Amazing. like and through ministry we've been we've like prayed with people for that as well and wow. it's, yeah so you, it's cool. well, you didn't say that actually that you've been doing some mission trips haven't you and kind of yeah, yeah. using sport a little bit with young people in different countries yeah so um, a couple of years ago I went to, um, to New York and we're working um, just doing pickup games of like basketball football mm. and then just like getting to know the young people and 
Wow. Yeah, like through sport. So and that became a really an amazing way to have a connection point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Speak the same language. That's yeah. incredible. And that and that's an interesting point, isn't it, mm, about speaking yeah. the same language? That actually, for many young people, we might share the same language, but in terms of culture or like just lifestyle, actually, sport creates a common language, yeah. doesn't it? And I, so, have you found that as well? That that actually you can find you can connect with young people that maybe as a church we don't often connect with through dance yeah absolutely it's a connection that as you said music is massive yeah. like everybody loves music mm. so young people love it so if you can dance to it you can sing to it if you can rap to it then why not like we went to Japan just after the summer and they do speak English there yeah. but it's limited yeah so what do you do? We danced. And they have incredible dancers out there. So there's no language. The language barrier was there. But the beautiful thing about it, we have people crying by the end because they were just touched by God by watching. Some of them weren't Christians either. So they didn't know anything about God or who we were. They just turned up and was like, whoa. That is, that spoke to me. And you're like, wow, we didn't even speak Japanese. <laughs> no. And it does, yeah. That is amazing. So I think it's really worth kind of sort of saying, actually, because someone like myself, I'm quite a... Um I quite like talking and chatting and that kind of stuff and actually it's really important as youth workers to think outside of your own comfort zone and, and actually think have a look at your youth ministry and think actually if we have quite a lot of sit down type mentoring like actually maybe think about introducing some, some kind of youth work that is very very different um, I know you're slightly dying in the corner because we're all being worked very hard aren't we here <laughs> but um, I want to kind of mention message on a ball that we've had a podcast with before they're a fantastic sort of local organisation it's a youth worker and um, I think he's a premier footballer actually it's premier footballer and they've set up something which is very similar to Kick London about actually helping churches set up sports projects of a really high Great, standard yeah. in their churches. But if we wanted to get in touch with you, Rachel, and find out more about what Kick London offers, how can we get in touch with you? Yeah, well, you can just go on the website, kicklondon.org.uk, and on there we'll have everything, the churches that we work with, the schools that we work in, Brilliant. yeah, all the opportunities. Brilliant. So, That's yeah, fantastic. get in touch, it'll be amazing. Cool. And my co-presenter, who will be listening to this later, called Martin, thinks yeah. he's amazing at dancing, but <laughs> I think he's recently turned 40, and I think probably does daddy dancing. So can you just give us, like, one top tip of how to vaguely look cool dancing for anybody like me and Martin that just can't dance? Any thoughts? Um, two-step. Start with two-step. Start with two-step. Yeah, step. I think that's a good start. Hands, like... arms. No, no okay. don't go there. That's what okay. my dad used to do. <laughs> Not cool. <laughs> Little two step, little two step, and she's just don't get too shoulders. carried away. Yeah, don't get too smug. Oh, yeah. Don't get too thinking like I can do this. <laughs> two step, okay, yeah. brilliant. Thank you so much. Thank, right. you for, thank you, Rachel. Um, hang on a minute. <laughs> right, I was not there. And I believe you outed me as a bad dancer. Oh, yes, I did. What What was that? What, on what did you base that, Rachel Gardner? You and I, despite you often asking, have never danced together. No, but I just... You know you just have a sense of how somebody might dance. What? I don't know. I just had this feeling that you... That, that the, the dance she taught it would be a lovely, safe one for you to occupy. So the two-step, don't do much with your arms, just shrug your shoulders... I think that'd be really good for you, actually. Right, so do you I'm... know what's going to happen? <laughs> he's always sta- I'm getting he's up. standing up. Now, I know this is he's not... He's standing up. He's moving his chair. I know this is... <laughs> right, okay, we're going to start filming this. I Here know this is not a visual medium, <laughs> but I just want to show you some moves. Oh, my goodness, I have I to I want to demonstrate this. to you. Oh, my goodness. I, I need to just back off you a little bit. Yeah, okay, give um, me some space. Yeah, give me a little space. But um, right. I learned this um, quite early on. Right. Basically, the first thing you do is the figure of eight. Figure, okay. His hands are on his hips. So, uh, so you start with a figure of eight. So basically, you want to you want to take your sort of uh, I, I can't say anything Jeez. other than pelvis oh, through no. a sort of a, oh, a sort no. of a rotation like that. 
Okay, so oh, you see, so, bad. so that you don't actually need to move your feet, but yeah. um, but you're sort of going through a figure of eight. We're writing a thing, and then you can do some stuff with your with your hands, like stack the shelf. But that's what she was saying to avoid because that's that's a trap you fall into. No, it's great. But now, no, it's not good. I'm moving. I'm dancing. You don't even need music to enjoy this. Say Martin, actually, I do take some of that back. Yeah, that did you was, see the pretty good. little, little yeah? And also, there. you didn't move from your space. No, I don't need to move. So you could do that dancing anywhere. And uh, uh, I, if Rachel wasn't filming this, I'd twerk yes. for you. But no, no twerking! Ah, my today. eyes, my ears, I can't face it, and I apologise. That was a joke. That was a joke. That was a joke. Oh, that was quite exciting. That was very good. So, on the basis of that, stick to sport, I reckon. I yeah. reckon that's where you're very good. I'd like but, to try lacrosse. Yes, I think you should try lacrosse. We could have a game. You skate. Who should we play? Do you know what is happening? Intense. Genuinely is happening. What? Uh, in July, I think, there is an inter... The 6th of July at Lambeth Palace. <gasps> Youthscape are hosting a garden party. Could we launch? Do you know what? Podcast listeners could come to that. They could come to that. Shall we do something there? Oh, let's do something there. I don't think Lambeth Gardens would cope with a mass game of lacrosse there. We would smash every window. So, so there is a Youthscape... Uh, it's not the Youthscape podcast garden party. Shall no. we just say it is? <laughs> I don't think There's a Youthscape garden party at Lambeth Palace. Yes. And uh, and so we are going, and, and I think people can come to that. Yes, they can. Uh, so five July, entry. July the sixth, five yeah. pounds to get in. Two Probably, o'clock. I would think there's cucumber sandwiches, uh, and there's going to be an inter youth ministry croquet tournament. Oh come on, people! So oh, do we you have, know you want to come. Do we have confirmed teams from other youth ministry organisations? Yeah, yes, yes, we do. Yes, right. Please so come. The likes of Urban Saints. To to make to make a team, how many people would you need to make a croquet team? You need team? four people. Four people. Okay, that's not many. No. You could form a team. And come on, Lambeth, do you know the gardens at Lambeth Palace are so beautiful. And they're ripe they, for croquet. They're ripe for croquet. And it's gorgeous. Come for a Friday. Come to London. It's right on the Thames. Yeah, it's it's stunning. And it's a five entry. Yeah. Um, and you might meet the Archbishop. We don't know. You might meet him. He might or, meet Or if he doesn't, we'll, we'll hire a, a impersonator. Look alike. Yeah, but exactly. please come. That'll be so much fun. So bring a team. And uh, who's going to be on the Youthscape team? Me. Who's it going to be? Me. <gasps> Can I be on it? I'll be yeah. Yeah, maybe not we might maybe. need to do tryouts. <laughs> Love you. your team, but please come. And if you want to register, you need to send. You need to send in from. I'm getting all excited. I don't now. know. I don't. I think I we don't we hadn't planned the second. We haven't planned this. By next week, we'll we'll have some information for you. Probably. That's a good idea. But that's a great idea. So please come. That'd be yeah. amazing. So shout outs to some wonderful people. Here's a team here. Look, Stephen, Claire, Paul, and Beth. That's four of them. Oh yeah, Mitchell, Wallace. Form. Window and stout. That is, oh, that sounds like really grand, doesn't they, they it? They feel Mitchell like a proper Wallace, team already. Window and stout, so maybe you could form a team saying, yes, brilliant, come to the Eastcape uh, garden party. So I feel like today we've suggested we're, uh, we're, we're wealthier and more upper middle <laughs> class than, than we are. Um, we've talked about croquet. <laughs> rugby. We've, we've talked about lacrosse. rugby. We've talked about lacrosse. Um, and the, the so is a rough game that though. feels like a segue yeah. into asking for you to support <laughs> our Patreon uh, so if you can spare we need new uh, lacrosse stick wax <laughs> so if you could support us a dollar a month uh, go to patreon.com slash youthscape seriously it does support the yeah. good work that yeah. youthscape actually does with young people with very, young very people. rarely involving lacrosse yeah very rarely so I guess that's the end of another oh, glorious you. edition. And uh, while we say goodbye, me and Martin are going to have a little dance. So here we go. Oh, 
sorry, I just uh, I have a nasty habit of little beeping noises going off my computer while, while I'm recording these things. People must listen back and go, oh, he's got an email.